friend once asked me, have you ever stopped to look back and think about all the amazing people that I've met while founding Rent My Equipment? That's what this show is all about, taking stock of the amazing stories and the fantastic people that we've met along the way. I'm host Mark Williams, here with co-host and producer Isaac Dantzler. Our guest today is Mike Kalitri, affectionately known as Cal in the industry. Mike has had a storied career in minor league baseball, has worked for Tampa Bay, Cleveland, and the Philadelphia Phillies in professional baseball, is currently the bench coach for the Philadelphia Phillies. Our connection with Cal is Skip Browning, one of our founders, played baseball with Cal at Clemson, and they were roommates together and remained friends for 20 plus years. So Cal was kind enough to join us today, and we're really looking forward to learning a little bit more about his career and some of the fascinating people that he works with in, in baseball. Cal, welcome. Thanks, Mark. Great to be here. No, it's our pleasure. i got Isaac here with me, and so we're anxious to learn more about you and, and what you do. But first and foremost, would you would you care to tell us how you met Skip Browning, one of the co-founders of Rent My Equipment? Absolutely. I mean, Skip, at this point in my life, has been one of my, obviously, lifelong friends. I mean, I'm, we met as an 18-year-old freshman, both recruited and played at Clemson. It was very natural to, to be drawn to Skip. He's a great human being. He's a hell of a funny guy. And so we found ourselves really liking each other's company. And we ended up uh, in our sophomore years moving in together. That lasted uh, for at least a couple of years in which we had a ton of fun playing for the Clemson Tigers and uh, having a ton of fun off the field as well. Yeah, I see here that uh, you played first and third base when you were with Clemson. Is that correct? That's correct. I grew up in New England as a Northeast kid. Was, wasn't really accustomed to, you know, as talented as the players that are. I grew up in New England. There's so many more players in the Southeast and Southern parts of the country. So, so really for me, getting to Clemson and having the experience generally of playing against some of the more talented players in the country, you know, uh, there's a, an inflection point there in your career real early on. So for me, it, Clemson was just a great opportunity to go challenge myself and meet really excellent players in the Southeast like Tip and others. So, yeah, that's how I ended up at Clemson. And from what I've seen, your first at-bat at Clemson you hit a home run. I mean, it's, it's not as remarkable as it probably sounds. It was just more or less, you know, a freshman getting some opportunities after we were way up on a, on a club that probably wasn't an ACC club. But at the same time, yeah, my first at bat, I just caught a, a pitch deep and, and hit it to the opposite field. And unbelievable to me, you know, it flew out of the park. And yeah, it was very exciting. I think Skip was probably as excited as I was, as was a lot of the coaching staff and others I was playing with. But yeah, it was a pretty cool moment. That would be, that had to be as a freshman in, in college playing ACC baseball for, which I recall if you started about the same time Skip did, you know, obviously he had a number of opportunities from fantastic schools, many SEC schools, and he chose Clemson. It, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was because they had such a, a two or three players from the season before Skip was there. I don't know if you joined about the same time he did that that uh, were first-round draft picks. That's correct. I mean, they, they had, and Skip coming in as a pitcher, Chris Benson and Billy Cox were top of the first-round draft picks. Both had excellent major league careers. Yes, I mean, a lot of times those athletes come back to school and they're around us, and they were. Those guys in particular were around us. So, look, when we were being recruited by Clemson, it felt like that that was the, the Notre Dame of baseball, Notre Dame football of baseball and college baseball at that moment. I mean, 95, 96, World Series, understanding that there was opportunity to go to a school like that and play there was very exciting for all of us. And, you know, we had some of the best mentors and coaches and leaders, and lots of them are still out there as, as sort of the best 
college coaches and mentors to this day. And, and Skip and I have a relationship with not only Jack Leggett, who, you know, was a longtime Hall of Fame coach at Clemson, a great human being, a great baseball instructor, but also the likes of Tim Corbin, who, you know, if, you, if you're following college baseball at all, Vanderbilt baseball has been exceptional, you know, for, for many years, for about two decades now that he's been there. And Kevin O'Sullivan was the pitching coach at Clemson, who's been the head coach at Florida in the SEC now for the last 15 years. Two, you know, very special, obviously, assistant coaches that have gone on to have a lot of success. So that jack-legged coaching tree is pretty special. And it's now kind of a, like a grandfather tree in a sense that, you know, there's a lot of us that played for him and not necessarily coached underneath him that are out doing their thing. Cal's going to give us a lot more about baseball and his time at the Philadelphia Phillies right after this message. Along the way. Along the way. Mark, Cal, and I want to invite you to become part of the fastest-growing peer-to-peer equipment rental app in the universe. Or at least we think so. We can't contact aliens, but we're pretty sure. Rent My Equipment is the first of its kind. Think of Airbnb, but for your stuff. With inventory in 46 states and growing, you can find ladders, mini excavators, dump trailers, ATVs, drones, tools, camera equipment, and so much more. The equipment protection plan means that you can rent out worry-free, and if something happens, we've got you covered. Download on the App Store or the Google Play Store today and begin making and saving money. Yeah, you know, we're, I, I'm a little bit older than you are, but now that we're older and wise, you know, we you really you realize the people that were special in your life, and it really is the people. You know, that you gave those guys a tremendous amount of credit, and that's that's wonderful. And you know what? You must have been you had to be a hell of a baseball player back then to be recruited by Clemson because Clemson was definitely a powerhouse, powerhouse team. So congratulations. So now Cal Isaac Cal's at the Philadelphia Phillies, so he's coaching some of the best ba- baseball players on the planet. We have we have to ask, you know, what's what's it like working with Bryce Harper? Oh, well, I mean, first of all, a tremendous person. You know, unfortunately, Bryce just, just had one of the one of the worst experiences I would say of his life, where he we were just playing in San Diego this past weekend, and unfortunately, he and a pitch at 97 miles an hour hit him in the thumb mm-hmm. and uh, broke his thumb. To to of course our dismay because we lost a player now for at least several weeks. But as far as the person goes, Bryce is a very dedicated human being. He's he's a great teammate. He cares a whole bunch about. His own style of game, he cares a bunch about players that, that he plays with, and he cares about the community and the fans. I mean, this is a great father, a great husband. I just love the guy. I mean, he's just he's a tremendous human being that, that is an exceptional baseball player. I mean, this guy is likely Hall of Famer. As, as long as he wants to play, he should get opportunity to play well into his late 30s and maybe even to his early 40s. He's just, it's tough to describe because... When he comes to work, he's extremely focused. His concentration is is unparalleled, and he just performs. And it's amazing to watch a guy like that just because when you kind of take a step back, you think about who he is and all of it he's that he's done, and then you say, oh, my God, this, this is a 29-year-old human being. Like, this is this guy has been on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a, as a 15-year-old. I mean, this is just an amazing story. That's it. I'm not sure everybody – would enjoy his life. You know, it's come with a lot of financial rewards. You know, he has probably difficulty doing some of the things that, that the rest of us can do that, that he's not actually able to do. And I say, like, those small things like go to dinner with your wife at a restaurant aren't the most enjoyable experiences probably for Bryce as they would be for me. Yeah, it's not easy for him. I mean, he's recognized by everyone, and and that's the thing about it. You know, you, you really, you know, you try to put it in perspective, and obviously I'm, I'm not a celebrity, so, you know, 
it's this is a theory i just have to imagine but most americans would love to have wealth without the fame but obviously obviously sometimes they come hand in hand but the fame is not all that it's made up to be and um i haven't experienced it but you know Known, known some folks, have some folks that are involved with uh, rent my equipment, kind of witnessed firsthand some of their experiences out in public, and it's just it's distracting. But it's got to be incredible working with a guy that's that focused and uh, dedicated to his trade. And like you said, 29 years old, 29 years old, man, just years ahead of his time, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it, it is. It's an exceptional human being that, you know, he, he's just capable of doing things that not a lot of people around are capable of doing. And, and so that translates into one heck of a baseball player. With that said, like, you know, he's he's a consummate teammate. He's he's a funny guy. And, you know, as far as not being one of the oldest guys in the clubhouse, he's already a decorated 10-year Major League Baseball veteran. I mean, 10 years. So there's a benchmark in Major League Baseball. If, you're, if you make it to the Major League, you gain days of service. And those service days add up to, generally speaking, like if you're fully vested, pensioned MLB major league player that number is 10 years of service and so as you accumulate service as you can imagine it's a great honor to get to 10 years and it's very well celebrated by the players staff everybody involved in it and when it happens because it doesn't happen very often you know there's times in a day in which it happens to a player every so often where you just kind of step back you you get the group together you might reward them with a nice bottle of wine or just a you know congratulatory coaches meeting player meeting whatever and that said you think about this 29 year old and he's already past that number it's just kind of re- remarkable that you know he, there's guys much older than he is and they're fighting for every day of their life at the major league level and he's already there and receive this, this accolade. So, yeah, I mean, it just speaks to how good he has been for such a long period of time, and he's still a young guy. Yes. Cal, what's your what's your oldest guy in the clubhouse? What's your youngest guy in the clubhouse, just out of curiosity? Not an incredibly young clubhouse, but we have some younger players, some rookies. We think that the youngest guy right now is probably 23, maybe 24 years old. Generally, they can be much younger than that. Sure. If you're a star like Bryce, he was in the major leagues at 19 years old. Which, if you come to think about it, like that's just a year removed from the high school. That's year. nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. And then, old player right now is probably about 34 years old. 34. You know, in the, in the past, we've had guys that were a touch older than that that we've acquired, but generally, we well, I think we fall right in, in line with about our our average age is probably around 30, 29 or 30, which might be a couple of years older than league average in general. We have some veterans that have been playing for a little while, and you know we have a, a little bit bigger payroll than a lot of other markets in baseball, so we've spent some money, and typically when you're spending money on players, it's because they've turned into major league free agents, and we've been able to sign them as free agents, and so that also means that they've been in the big leagues for at least six years. That said, you know I would say our a- average team age is about 30 years old at this time mike i gotta ask you you've been married for many years i think you have three children so what's it like being you know married father of three and and having a major league baseball mark that's a great question and it's oftentimes difficult to answer generally you know you pick this lot in life as a lifestyle and, and, and rather than a career although it ends up being a career and of course not easy to be away from home i have an amazing wife kira and i i think we're gonna have our 16th wedding anniversary this july congratulations thank you yeah and we've had three awesome kids amelia mila will be nine here in mid-july graciela zella will be 
six, or he is six, almost six and a half. And then little Chris is three and a half, and he's all, all three plus a few months. He's not so much little either, growing like a weed. But yeah, it's difficult. And I should say, like any of us in life, like if you're really going to be dedicated to whatever you want to, whatever you think you need to do to be successful, you know, I'm no, I'm no anomaly. You no, know, it's, it's easy to say that that you guys with Rent My Equipment have to spend a lot of time and effort trying to really develop that business plan, really develop the communal relationships that it takes to start up off the ground. And I think the parallels between what any of us do to become successful include a lot of grind, a lot of hard work, a lot of luck. The hope is that you have a very supportive family, and, and I do, and I'm thankful for that. Much of the year when I'm gone and I can't get back home, it all falls on my wife's lap, and she's got to maintain the house and get kids to school and get them to activities. And when you have a young family, that's a lot of your day. But she's also a hard worker. You know, I, I can't talk too highly of her because, you know, she's a professor and she works four days a week. She's very successful in her own right. So that said, yeah, it's a difficult thing to answer, Mark, because so many things that everybody has to do to have success. And that part of it, I just hope, you know, continues to stay where it is because it's a wonderful family and they're coming up this weekend. So it's going to be an exciting pre-4th of July fireworks everywhere. Yeah. But it can be very exhausting for both of us to not have each other in the same household unit for seven months a year. I bet it does. Well, your good heart does, does you credit, Cal. And, and you guys are hearing a guy here that I can sympathize. I traveled for a number of years in my former life and uh, had small children. And uh, granted, I imagine the pressures that Cal has and the, the travel schedule is probably much more aggressive than what I did. But uh, it takes a special person to be able to do that and to be able to go home and, you know, turn it on, turn it off, be the family man again, and really try to dedicate attention to your children, which, you know, any good dad wants to do. So uh, I can only imagine. That's why I wanted to ask that question, because, again, I kind of experienced it, too. And, you know, it is what it is. We only live once. You know, we make mistakes. We learn as we go. Things evolve. And, uh, of course, you know, any guy my age wouldn't sit here and think that I would do a few things different. But uh, but I couldn't imagine that. Uh, couldn't imagine what it's like for you just uh, with, I mean, what, what what is your, how many days a year are you on the road? Do you know roughly? If you just pull up the schedule and you say, wow, this is, this is they're going to be and when they're going to be there. Things really start to pick up in early February. Generally, when people start to report to spring training, now I benefit from where I live in Tampa. Just, just across the bridge is Clearwater where the Phillies train. So during that two-month period of training, getting prepared for the season, just commuting every day. So I can see my family and be back and forth. Although those days are pretty long, I get to lay my head down at home and read books to the kids at night. I sort of get away with living where I live. That is very accommodating to my work schedule for a couple of months of the year, whereas other coaches, you know, you're allowed to live wherever you want to live, of course, in the offseason. So coaches will come to Florida and Clearwater and stay there. And that's probably the biggest gap for most of us is that six to eight weeks in Florida for spring training to ramp up for the season. That said, a lot of times if families or if guys have an older family or their wife can join them, when we come up to Philadelphia, it's important to remember that we, we typically are only here for six months out of the, you know, well, we're here for six straight months, but we're only here for three of the six months because we travel half the schedule. So it's like 10 days at home and then 10 days on the road and back and forth, and, and things are a little sideways just, just with the amount of travel you have within the season. So as much as you feel like you could be around your family, you're still moving, and that's important to recognize that just because you're, you're in Philadelphia doesn't mean that you're very local to Philadelphia 
for a lot of the time. And the travel is, look, there's it, nobody really complains about the travel. The time in which you move around is much later in the day when a bus pulls up onto the tarmac of an airport and next to the steps of an airplane and you just get off and walk onto the flight and it's just your team on board the flight and you do the same thing when you land and you go stay in a four-season hotel. It's really not too much to complain about. It's probably the best part of the travel or the accommodation. That said, it's, it's very exhausting as you just kind of sure. move through the season. It's a blur. Yeah, so the, the so the audience so Cal's not standing in line to get on a plane, folks. Okay, so no. the, and you know what's interesting too. So just to, to remind the audience, this gentleman works in Philadelphia and is only there about three months a year. So you know, you got to put that in perspective because you know us folks that are out here in in sales and in industry, whatever it is. I mean, it, you know, that's just a foreign experience in a sense. You coach for the Philadelphia Phillies. You live in Tampa Bay. You're from right outside Boston, Massachusetts. I think from Kent. Is that correct, Ken? That's correct. Yeah. This guy is a globetrotter. Isaac, I just got some questions. Yeah. So I, I saw this morning an article about a Mark Appel. I think that's how his name is pronounced, and how he pitched what seems to be a pretty good game the other night. So how how does that feel to kind of be a part of that? Yeah, it's amazing. He's got a tremendous story. I mean, this is this is the first overall pick, and they're very unique. It, it, generally speaking, when I say the Major League Baseball draft has several rounds, when I was a kid, it was as many rounds as the team wanted to pick a player. At this point, they cap it in the 30s. But that said, the number one overall pick is sort of a unicorn. And and Mark has a fascinating story. He went to Stanford. He was drafted out of high school and then ends up going to Stanford. And after his junior year, which, you know, in college baseball or if you're go to a four-year school, you have to commit to three years in college baseball. Now, you could transfer out of a four-year school into junior college and get drafted every year, but most guys pick a school like Skip and I did, and we're, we know we're going to be there for at least three years, and then the potential to become a professional player exists. For Mark, he ends up at Stanford. He's picked after his junior year in the first round as the eighth overall pick, and for him, it wasn't the right time to leave, so he goes back to Stanford after turning down you know millions of dollars in a potential signing bonus and becomes the first overall pick after his senior season. So this was a, a right draft, a three times drafted player who eventually was the eighth pick and then the first pick. And then he struggled a whole bunch. He struggled as a minor league pitcher and, you know, kind of fell in love and then out of love with the game. And really for Mark, he ended up stepping away for a couple of seasons and figured out that what he really loved was to come to the ballpark and just play the game. So he re-signed with us, and we brought him back last season. And now this season, he's really excelled, continues to develop. Obviously, a guy that has this much talent is one in which you hope continues to flourish. And boy, has he ever. And then we entered him. We called him up a few days ago as we needed we needed some help in our bullpen. And Mark has not only deserved to be here, but has been excelling in AAA for us. And so we called him up. We got him to a game last night, and he threw eight pitches and went one, two, three, and he struck out his first major league batter. So as a 30-year-old, you know, we were talking about Bright making the major leagues as a as a 19-year-old and being a first overall pick. It took him until 30 years old to make it to the major leagues and have success. So, yeah, really excited for him, really happy for him. It's been a long road, and he's just a great human being. That's awesome. Well, 
I know that you've got to go here in a second. Thank you so, so much for being with us and uh, sharing your time with us. It's been fascinating to hear from you. Isaac, you know, you know what, what's, uh, what I've enjoyed about today's guest, about uh, we've got Mike Cleetry Cal, a bench coach for the Philadelphia Phillies. Notice how, how much respect he paid his uh, colleagues and other players. I mean, he this guy just, just talked everyone up and just said kind things about everybody. So that, that just tells you the character of the gentleman we've got on the phone with us today. Cal, fantastic show, fantastic guest, man. We got we got to get you back on in the future, if if you don't mind. Yeah, I would love that, Mark. I really appreciate the time just talking to you guys and Isaac as well. It's been a pleasure, and good, best of luck to rent my equipment, and let's reconnect here soon. But thanks again, and, and, and hopefully we can connect, like you said. Absolutely, man. Hey, best of luck to you too, okay? Be Thank careful you. out there. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you. Bye-bye. It was great having Cal on today. One thing I thought was interesting, I was uh, reading that article about Mark Appel, and as I mentioned last episode, I'm not really a sports guy. You know that. Uh, and it says that former number one overall pick Mark Appel, a month shy of his 31st birthday, made his major debut Wednesday night and pitched a scoreless ninth inning. Now, as someone who doesn't immediately know sports things, my first initial reaction is that's an incredibly negative sounding sentence. <laughs> so I'm reading it. I'm like, wait a minute. They were talking about how great. This, what, what's happening? And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, he was the pitcher. That's a good that's thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it took me a minute to realize that. I'm like, wait, that's the point. You know, what's, what's fascinating about that story to me, Isaac, first first and foremost is we had the show with Mike Kalitri today, bench coach for the Philadelphia Phillies. That made headline news this morning. So early this morning, I'm watching Sports um, uh, Sports Center, and I see that. And so, you know, what's fascinating to me is he was the number one overall pick almost 11 years ago out of Stanford, okay, played eight years in the minors and struggled. You know, it was challenging, stepped away. You know, he had had a degree in business, went and did something in the in the world of business, and uh, came came back, you know, two years later and makes his Major League debut, as you said, a month shy of his 31st birthday. What's fascinating to me about that is I remember reading an article many years ago about a business leader that had some family money, tried a business, failed, tried a business, failed, tried a business, failed. And after the third failure, went and took a six-month sabbatical, which, you know, normal folks like you and I can't do a six-month sabbatical, <laughs> yeah. but did a six-month sabbatical, had some clarity of thought, thought some things through, developed this idea, came back, implemented it, huge success. Now, his policy is all of his employees must take a one-month sabbatical. Not four weeks, but spread throughout the year, Whole 30 month. days back-to-back. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm paying you for it. But, you know, I think the genius in that is, is I want you to go get in your relaxed environment, do what you love, spend time with your family, participate in your hobbies, where you really have clarity of thought, you can focus, bring me back that brilliant idea. Mm -hmm. Bring me back that rent my equipment idea. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. We'll see you a week after next uh, for our next episode of Along the Way with Rent My Equipment. Thanks, everybody.